At the end of today's message, how to make iron swim is an anointing. And if you're listening to this via cassette, CD, or through the internet, I urge you very strongly to listen all the way to the end and even participate in the anointing that will occur at the end. So don't stop listening right after the message. Continue on until the very end of the message and you will participate and be able to get what was received in the live service. Be sure to listen to the very last second of this message. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today we are continuing on in a four-part series, and I'm going to talk to you today about how to do some things that by all natural logic seem to be impossible. And there are some things in your lives and there are some things in your past and and there are some things that you want in your future, but you tremble and you shy away from it and you think it can never come to pass because in the natural eye, it seems and appears to be impossible. I'm here to tell you that with God, all things are possible. And the scripture that we've been studying from is 2 Kings In the sixth chapter, the first through the seventh verse, and as I read, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick And cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. And these series of four sermons under the general heading of it's fallen and you can't get it up. It's a situation where some things have fallen in your lives and some things have been cast down and some things have been stolen away from you and you can't get it back. And the first sermon came from the first couple of verses and the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, behold now the place where we dwell with thee is Too straight for us, let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. The first sermon is entitled, You Need a Better House. Now you can go to airjesus.com and hear all four of these sermons absolutely without charge. You can email them to a friend that you know also needs to hear them absolutely free. Just go to airjesus.com. The first sermon in the series, You Need a Better House, is sermon number 5249. 
The second sermon comes from verse 5. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And that sermon is entitled, When You Have to Get Alone, and it is sermon number 5250. The third sermon that I will be delivering today, And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick, and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. And today's sermon on airjesus.com is sermon number 5251. The last sermon in the series, Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. That sermon number 5250 is entitled, Take It Back. So you can go to airjesus.com, listen to all four sermons, 5249, 5250, 5251 and 5252. Today's message from 2 Kings chapter 6 and the 6th verse. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about how to do what the world deems is impossible on how to make iron swim. And this appears to be a miracle, and it was, but there are times, people, in our lives when we need the miraculous. But you even need to know and understand the the principles that that undergird and to bring about a, a miracle. And I want to just show you how in this series of events, how he was able to make iron swim. First thing that when here this man out chopping down a tree to to build a new sanctuary for the prophets and here his axe head flies off into the water and and here the man says, oh, master, my my axe head is gone and and I got it on time. I, I got a note on this thing. It's borrowed. First thing you need to do when you have lost something when you need something recovered, when, when something has, has you, when you're in a bad situation, first thing you need to do is ask for some help. That's the first thing you need to do is ask for some help. The man said, Master, my axe head is flown off into the water and I owe some money on it. Do you know oftentimes many Christians are just too proud to get help? Sometimes we, we run in trouble with our marriages and we won't even go to counseling. Because we don't want anybody to know that we're going through some issues. And, and we just don't want, you know, sometimes we're just too proud. Sometimes we end up getting evicted and could have forestalled or stopped the thing completely if we had just gone to somebody and said, look, can you help me? I'm just, but sometimes we're just too proud. I, I've known some people who got sat out on the street. And if they had come to me, I would have helped them. But they're just too proud. Just too proud. And that don't mean to look. Yeah, I said, well, I, I know the pastor said if I run that up. No, I, I didn't say all that. I'm simply saying, first thing. Because I know somebody out on television be looking at me right now. And right now, you got a pink slip tacked up on your door. And you're going to see, you think you're going to come. Look, if you haven't even been here, don't even think about it. You need to, first of all, be in the house of God. <laughs> But the first thing that we need to do 
when we are in trouble and when there are situations that, that, that we need some help with, first thing we need to do is to get humble enough to seek out qualified help. Now, I have to put that word in there. Because there's no need of you seeking out someone to help you and they in the same shape. You see, if that's like if there had been another fellow right beside him chopping down a tree and his axe head had fallen in the water and then this other fellow's axe head, it's no need of you asking the fellow whose other axe head fell in the water if his axe head is down there beside yours. See, he cannot give you help. The only thing he can give you is sympathy. And you have to know, and sometimes people just need sympathy. There are some times when I've talked to people and they say, I don't want a solution to this. I just need some pity. Sometimes you just need some sympathy. But if you need to get out of the situation, you need to ask for some help from someone who has the power to either give you the wisdom to get out of the thing or the resources to get out of the thing. So the first thing he had to do, alas, master, the axe head has flown into the water and I owe on it. You've got to be humble enough to just bow down and just ask for help. Oftentimes, God can hear us best because we cry loudest when we need help. See, when we need help and I exhale at the bottom of the river, we say, look, look, look what I've done. But when we're on the top, whew, things are going good and plenty of money and no pains in our body and everything God has to sometimes get a step ladder, just come up and speak to us. When our axe head is at the bottom of the river and we can't figure out how to get it out, all we can you need to first of all ask for sincere help. Second thing is this Elisha asked where fell it? Anytime you have something that goes wrong in your world, you need to understand where fell it. Now, what do you mean, Pastor, by where fell it? You need to understand what went wrong. Because if you don't understand what went wrong, see, if the man's axe head flew off because the axe head was not enough because it was missing a wedge or a screw on the axe handle if he does not understand why the thing flew off and went to the river in the first place then the man will go get the axe head he put the axe head back on go back to chop it it flies off again because he never understood why and where it really fell when Elisha asked where fell it see whenever you whenever you go down if you ever Really go back and honestly analyze the situation as always a turning point. Yeah. See, that, that's a law of nature and physics. Whenever you go down, there's a turning point. You have got to be able to identify the turning point. See, anytime something goes wrong in my life, it is critical for me to first of all recognize where fell it. Yeah. And to get the real reason. You all say real reason. 
my father often said, he says, son, in life, there are always two kinds of reasons. He said, there's the good reason and there's the real reason. He said, always seek the real reason. Most of the time we deal with good reasons. We don't deal with that real reason. Anytime something goes wrong in my life, I have to go back and ask myself, where fell it? And whenever I go back to really ask myself, where fell it? It's always one thing. Without fail, it's one thing. You know what that one thing is? I deviated from what God told me. Now, now sometimes the thing is not even related in the natural to the things going wrong. Sometimes it's not even, it doesn't even look like it's related in the natural, but I can go, and always I have to stand in front of the mirror if something's going wrong. I say, boy, have you been doing what God told you to do? Something has gone wrong. Have you been doing what God told you to do? <laughs> That's always without fail when something goes wrong in my life and I stand in front of that mirror. It's where it fell. And you must be able to identify where fell it. When something goes wrong in your body, we go to the doctor, we want the doctor to fix it without identifying what went wrong. And it's just like putting the axe head out of the water, putting the axe head back on the handle without it being screwed down. We understand we've got something wrong, we've got an ache, we've got a growth, we've got this or that that goes wrong in the body. If you never understand where fell it, even if the doctor cut it out or, or with radiation burn it out or, 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 or whatever he does, however he gets, even if they fix it, if you don't understand where it fell, it'll fly off again. You must know where fell So many things in our lives, when our money is short, do you really know where it fell? The money is short and you have to stand in front of the mirror. Well, have I been doing with my money what God has told me to do with my money? First thing, if you're doing like this, that's where it fell. So we've got to know. And most of the time, even when people get in money trouble and you ask them, What's your budget? What are you spending per month? Do you know what's going out every month on it? Not really. I just spend. That's where it failed. And even when you get more money in, somehow that still is gone in a flash because you never fixed where it failed. And you never even understood where it failed. That's why I've seen it on the job over and over and over and over. When people get big raises and a month later they're still in I've had people work for me and they got a Double increase in salary. Three months later, they were still in a jam. I said, didn't you, didn't, what, what? They never understood where it fell. And if you don't know where it fell, and you don't know what caused the turning point in your troubles, it's hard trying to get it fixed because the same thing will happen over and over and over again. I had a situation that I dealt with a few days ago. An employee and their manager came to me and the employee was just all upset. And, 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 and the employee was saying, this, this manager just been all, he just been unfair to me and he just on my case and, and this, that, and that. And he said, the manager just don't understand. I'm going through just a whole lot of stuff. And the manager was saying, you know what the manager told him? He said, I don't care what you're going through. 
He said, that ain't my problem. He said, I do not care what you're going through. And the man said, but you guys don't understand. I'm just going through a whole, I don't care what you're going through. And the man just got all upset and quit. He said, I just quit. I can't deal with it. I'm just quitting. So the manager said, look, if you quit, that's fine. Just shoot in your resume. You don't even have to show up tomorrow. He just walked on. I, I, I said, wait, come, come here, man. Come here. I said, I said now, first of all, you're not going to be able to get another job anytime soon, anywhere close to you, because I, I knew a good bit about their history and background, and they had some major issues. I said, you're not going to be able to get another job. I said, second of all, when the manager said he didn't care what you were going through, let me tell you why he didn't care what you're going through. Because he's going through more than you are. I know his, some of the stuff he's dealing with, he just doesn't bring it to work and you never know about it. But he's going through much more than what you're going through. So he got all this stuff on his neck and you come and him talking about your little bit of problem. He's like, man, I got a, a mountain already on me. I said, the other thing is this. I said, you had a truckload of problems before you got here. I said, this job had nothing to do with your problem. I said, all your problems you had with you, man, before you came to work. All your stuff, all that stuff is coming out of your house before you leave it every morning. I said, you know I'm telling the truth. He said, Pastor Bronner, he said, you sure right. I said, and nothing is going to work anywhere in your world until you get the stuff right before you get to work. I said, this stuff ain't got nothing to do with your manager. He said, you sure right, Pastor, because he said, even my own children won't even speak to me. I said, that's what I'm talking about. I said, you don't even have it right with your children. How in the world are you going to get it right with your manager? That stuff has nothing to do with it. And, and he, he, he worked, he goes to another church, and he worked a lot in the church. I said, look, and, and you, are, you are a leader in the church. I said, you got all this stuff going on in your personal world and all this mess. I said, you're going to pay a five-fold penalty for all the mess going on in your world till you get this stuff straightened out. Because at any time you're up front in front of folk and you're in a leadership position in God's house, you got a greater price than the average man. I said, if I do stuff wrong, I'm going to pay ten times the penalty as an average man. Because I've got more responsibility. I said, look, you need to go and get your stuff straight outside here. I said, first thing you need to do, first thing in the morning, you need to get in there and apologize to that manager because you need that job. And that's sometimes how things will work. See, if we don't understand where the thing fell, we'll blame it on something else when that's not even the real. The manager wasn't his problem. Manager was one of his biggest salvations in the world. The manager just wasn't going to listen to any excuses and wasn't going to listen to his problems. We've got to know and we've got to understand where it truly fell. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. Now, why would Elisha need to cut down a stick after the man told him it fell right there? He cut down a stick and cast it in. What in the world that got to do? You know what that has to do? The iron, the axe head, was down at the bottom of the river. This is a spiritual principle. Elisha cut down a stick and threw the stick in at the spot where the iron had gone down. 
because the iron needed to look up and see something flow. The iron needed to look up and see something floating. See, the stick was made out of wood, so when you throw wood into water, wood floats. And whenever you are down, whenever something is happening in your life, you need to be able to look up and you need to see something going right. And, and it's why I tell people, even with those who you go to ask for help, you always need to go to someone who has their life in that area the way that you want yours. Because there's an anointing that is imparted. And I don't care what area it is. You need to go to a person where you can see something in their world float. If it's money, don't go to somebody that's broke and can't pay their bills. You go to somebody at least got their credit all right, got their bills and shit, because then you better see something floating. And you don't have to go to somebody that's rich. You can go to somebody making the same amount of money you making. But they have management skills and ability to be able to handle what God has entrusted them with. You'll be able to see them floating. You got relationship problems? Don't you go to somebody busted up. I don't care if it is your ace boon coon, your girlfriend, your homeboy. I don't care who it is. If you got relationship problems, you go find you someone that these look like that relationship is together. Now, you can't always tell from the outside, but at the very least, you need to go somebody because some of you know it's not together. So you need to at the very least go to someone who at least look like they have it together. So you'll be able to see something that's floating. No matter what it is in life. A lot of times people know that my family business is in the hair care business. If you want some hat, don't you go to anybody bald-headed. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with being bald-headed, but if you want some hair, and if you want to know how to get some hair on your head, you go to somebody who got some hair on their head. You, know, you understand the principle? So whatever it is, in whatever area and arena it is, you need to be able to see something floating. So he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. The other principle is this. Even those who you see floating will never be perfect. Even they will always be cut. They'll never be perfect. Anytime anything is in the flesh or in the material, in in a man or in a woman, it's never going to be perfect. But at least it's floating. It'll never be just like no one has perfect health. There's something wrong with everybody. No one has perfect health. It's, just, it's something wrong with everyone. Whether, I don't care whether it's a sinus problem or a hangnail or something. It's something wrong with everybody. No one has just absolutely perfect health. But there are some who are floating pretty good. So you need to find someone in that area of your distress that's floating. And even though we look up to God and we look up to Christ, this some of, some of the wisdom of how to get out of situations. See, see, they understood that God was over everything, but the man wouldn't call Elijah. So some of this stuff will have to come through people because God will often send his deliverance and he'll send his miracles through folk. So you have to go and find the people who can help you and who have their lives on track in the area. That you want to go in. He cast in a stick. And the iron was able to look up and see something floating. And the iron did swim. Now iron 
swimming or making iron float to the natural eye and mind is impossible because iron is denser than water. Let me just give you a brief science lesson just on the science of flotation. Basically, anything that is denser than water, now water, it's Density is one gram per cubic centimeter at standard temperature and pressure. That's the chemical definition and the standard for pure water. That's pure water is one gram per cubic centimeter at standard temperature and pressure. That basically means if you take a milliliter or cubic centimeter of water, it's going to weigh exactly one gram at 25 degrees centigrade at sea level. That's basically what it means. If you have something and it weighs less than one gram, per milliliter, it'll float. If it weighs more than one gram per milliliter, it's going to sink. That's simple, basic science. Well, how much do you all think iron weighs? Iron weighs a whole lot more than water. And I just want to demonstrate to you, I've got in this bag, for those of you who are listening to me over the internet, you won't be able to see this, but I've got a clear glass pan and I am now filling this up with water. And I just want to show you what happens when you put metal into water. And do you all know that metal, will metal float or will it not? I'm going to just take this wrench and put it in the water. What happened to it? Sunk straight to the bottom. I've got some money in here. How many of y'all having issues with y'all's money sinking? <laughs> just going to drop some money in the water. What's happening to the money? Sinking straight to the bottom. Maybe the microphone can just hear it. You can't see it if you're listening over the internet. But over this, this is the money going in the water. <laughs> straight to the bottom. So by all natural law, iron or metal will not float. Is that true or not? It is perception. So, Pastor, what do you mean is perception? It's not true. It's perception. But I'm looking at this stuff sinking. I'm looking at it at the bottom of this clear glass full of water. I'm looking at the wrench and I'm looking at all the coins down at the bottom. I'm looking, Pastor, at the metal that has sunk. What do you mean that is perception and that is not true? I am getting ready to explain to you and to show you graphically and spiritually how you can make iron float, how you can do the impossible, how you can get some things that have been down in your life up, but I am out of time for television. If you want to hear this and you want to see this, go to airjesus.com and listen to the message in its entirety how to make iron float. You got some stuff sunk in your life. Go there right now and listen to that message, how to make iron float. I thank you for joining us here at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. It's sunk. All of the metal is there at the bottom. You can see it. And this, this is natural knowledge. You all said natural knowledge. See, by natural knowledge, some of you all have got some situations you just don't know how to get out of by natural logic. 
by natural knowledge, by all science, by what your friends have told you. You just don't see how in the world you're going to get your stuff to float. You don't see how you're going to get your money back up. You don't see how you're going to get your relationship back up. Sometimes your children running wild. You got all these pains in the body. The doctor said you got a growth in there. You're going to die from it. You don't know what to do about stuff. You don't know how to handle All your stuff sunk at the bottom. You said, Pastor, this ain't no way. That's perception. There's a big difference between perception and truth. And I'm going to just tell you one thing that'll, that'll, that'll snap your mind instantly and everyone's going to be able to see it. But you can't make iron flow. Yes, you can. I want you, all of you right now who have been on a cruise to raise your hand. That's most of the folks. All of you that have been on a cruise. Keep, keep it up. All of you have been on a cruise ship, raise your hand. Now, all of you that have been on a wooden cruise ship... <laughs> Do you understand that? Every ship you've been on is made out of metal. You've been on an iron ship on every cruise you've been on. It was an iron ship from top to bottom. Yet you got on the ship without fear. Well, some of you may have been a little scared. But but for the most part, you got on the ship. If, if you were that scared, you would have never gotten on the ship. You got on the ship with the basic assurity that this ship would float because you saw it floating there in the dock. You saw the ads of the ship. You seen the love boat on television. So you got on the ship with the basic knowledge and belief and faith. You all say faith. You all got on the ship with faith that iron would indeed float. Metal as it can be. You knock on the walls, it's solid iron. The hull, solid iron. The doors of the bulkhead, solid iron. Solid metal ship. You got on the ship with absolute faith that iron would float. Well, pastor, I kind of got it. I can see now that, yeah, because I've been on a cruise ship and the ship, sure enough, wasn't made out of wood. So it was an iron ship. I, I got on the ship. I've seen the, the movies with battleships and they're made out of iron. Submarines surface. They, that's solid iron. So, yeah, I can see that. I'm, well, well, what is the difference? Why? What, what, what? Let me tell you the difference. See, see, first of all, flotation is determined by a density that is heavier than water, but not buoyancy. Buoyancy results from any time an object is placed into water, if the displacement of the water is greater than the weight of the object, then the object will float. I need to break that down where you can understand it simply. If you got a glass of water, let me, let me understand first, show you what displacement is. If you have a glass of water and you take and put your hand in the glass of water, what happens? The water comes out the glass. If you fill it up and you stick your hand down in the glass of water, all the water flow out of the glass, get all on the table or wherever it is. It will come out of the glass. The water that comes out of the glass is called displacement. It simply means that when you put your fist in, in a full glass is taking up space where some has to give. You all just said some has to give. See, when you understand the principle when you're dealing with faith and when you're dealing with spirit, that any time you move something into somewhere else, something has to give. So when you stick your water in the glass, or when your, your fist in the, in the glass full of water, the water comes out, that is displacement. Flotation will occur 
If the amount of water that comes out of a full glass weighs more than your fist, then your fist will float. Let me show you the example of another thing. Now, this is metal. Absolute metal. This is a tin or aluminum, I think it was a cookie can or whatever it is, but it's a basically it's a it's a tin or aluminum can. I'm gonna put this in the water. Now what is it doing? Is that not metal? Now why is the tin can floating? Yet all of the coins and the wrench and all of the other stuff is at the bottom. The reason that is it is floating is because the tin can has air in it. That's that's without going through the scientific principles and, and, and all of the cubic volume displacements and all that stuff. In a simple nutshell, the tin can is floating because it has air in it. In the Bible, God says, and I breathe the breath of life into man. The, the word spirit literally means air or breath. And whenever you got something that has sunk to the bottom, that, that by all natural law, by all natural eyesight, by all natural thinking, you cannot get it to float. You have got to put some spirit into some things. And if you can breathe spirit into it, see, not only will this can float, let me tell you what this other can, what else this can will do. If I take this coins out of the bottom of this, just take all of the coins that are on the bottom. And I put the can back in. And then I start putting the coins in the can. Not only will the can float. But the can is floating. And it's hauling all the other stuff in it. And it's sunk. So if you can get enough spirit into your life. If you can get spirit into your situation. Some things that seemed and were deemed impossible. Will start rising. That's why God had to, he had to breathe the breath of life. And whenever you don't have the breath of life, whenever you don't have the Holy Spirit, whenever you don't have a respiration or respiration, your situation and your circumstances die. And it sinks to the bottom and you can't figure out how to get it up. And the thing about it is, people, we cannot make breath. It's not ours. It never was. It's borrowed. We cannot make breath. We cannot make air. But God has people. The air around us is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. It's more of it than we use. I don't care how hard you breathe. I don't care how hard you breathe. You can't even begin to make a dip in the air supply. Do you understand that? I don't care how hard you breathe. I don't care how big your lungs are. I don't care how bad your breath is. <laughs> no matter how hard you breathe, you cannot make a dent. Not even a by, by all of the, the best scientific instrumentation in the world. No matter how hard you breathe, you can't make a dent. And the breath that God has supplied. The Holy Spirit surrounds us in so much quality and so much quantity that if we would just partake, the problem is we will not partake. And we've got to train ourselves how to increase our lung capacity 
When Brother Ivan, you remember when you held the music training downstairs and, and I was there and you had everybody, what we would, we said, he said, take a deep breath and we were to hold one tone to as long as we can. I think it was just, you had, what did you do? Was it a tone or how, how was it? It was ah. Uh, you put your head, you said ah. Uh, and who, who had the be- deepest breath and could blow the longest? I did. You know why? Cause I was in shape and I had developed my lung capacity. That's why I don't sing, but I had greater lung capacity than anybody. The same thing happens, people, when we exercise our faith. And when we have not exercised our faith, when stuff sinks, we got no lung capacity. We can't breathe in all of the stuff God has placed around us. Because we haven't used and exercised our faith. Because we haven't, and see, and see, you don't, you don't develop lung capacity by starting out running a marathon. You develop it by starting out running around the block and up and down steps. You develop faith in the same method and in the same manner. And if you ever want to raise some things up in our lives, we have to understand the principle of flotation and the principle of buoyancy. And see, this thing floats because of the stuff we cannot see. The iron is the stuff we can see. And that sinks. It is the stuff that we cannot see, the intangible, that which God has supplied around us. And that's why you can't see faith. You can't see confidence. You can't see belief. You can't see anything. But that stuff will float your boat. You can't see it. But it will float your boat. And it makes a difference when you know that you know that you know. See, people... To be honest about it, I have very little confidence in myself. I, I, and even though I, I'm, I'm by all worldly standards an extremely successful man, but I have very little confidence in myself because I know it's just too much stuff to go wrong. I've seen it. I mean, for everything from the mental to the people's mind snap every day. Folk have heart attacks or hit by a Mack truck every day. I have very little confidence in myself. But what I do have confidence in is this. It's a whole lot of air around me. Now, I do have confidence in that. And I, and I realize that my limitations is not due to lack of air around me. My limitation is lack of breathing. It's not lack of air. God has placed so much provision even around you. And sometimes you have to bring stuff down. That's why I used even just coins or money. But money is a very real example. Do you know there is no money shortage in the earth? The only problem is a a distribution problem. There's absolutely no money shortage whatsoever in the earth. The only problem is just a distribution. There's no money shortage. Matter of fact, it's money laying up right now. Most of the money not even being used anywhere. Folk got billions and billions and billions. Most of the money just not even, it's just laid up. The problem is the distribution problem. And even to partake of anything, there's no shortage of anything in the world. Nothing. Do you think there's a shortage of joy in the world? Joy is just like the air. But you know it's a heap of people running short on joy. There's no shortage of joy, but there are a heap of folk running short on joy. Just like there's no shortage of money. But there are a couple of folk running short on money. There's no shortage on peace.
All of these things God has placed as fruits of the Spirit in such an abundant supply that we can't even measure it. But if we're ever going to get our situation, and if we're ever going to get our boats, and if we're ever going to get our axe heads out of the water, we're going to have to learn the principles of flotation and buoyancy and understand it's not going to float people without the infusion of the Holy Spirit. And if you can breathe the breath of life, and that's why, see, whenever breath is inhaled, when it comes out, it makes a sound. Do you know that without air, there's no sound at all? So the question is, with the breath that God has graced you with, what sound are you making? Because it is the sound that you make with the breath that will determine whether your situation floats or not. Because do you know that breath can sink or float most situations? What you said, just like the, the, talked about the situation I was dealing with, with the employee in the man, his, his breath has sunk his job. And I told him, look, you better get back in there and use that same breath to get it floating again. Your breath makes a sound. And that's also why it is critical where you are and where you hang around because wherever you are, you breathe what's in the air. So if you first of all, some, some of you want to get some stuff floating and you know good and well you're hanging around some things where the air is not clean. Therefore, when you breathe it in, the sound that you make will be unclean and your stuff will never float. That's how you make iron swim, people. We learn the principles of faith, the power of belief, the knowledge of truth, and the understanding that that which our natural eyes perceive is not necessarily true. Because you can get on an iron ship and go over more places in the world than you can ever imagine. God wants to raise your situation. He wants to breathe the breath of life, of health, strength, prosperity, of peace, of salvation back into your world. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, right now, we just pray for it circumstances and situations that are underwater. Because whenever a circumstance is underwater, water is chemically one part of hydrogen and two parts of oxygen, or two parts of hydrogen and one part of oxygen. But there's plenty of oxygen in the water, dear Father, but we can't get to it. And when we're underwater, we can't breathe. Dear Father, we just pray for breath right now. And some may need CPR and artificial respiration, but 
Whatever it takes, dear Father, we just pray for breath to be breathed back into some situations that have sunk and that are underwater. Right now, dear Father, I pray for thy Holy Spirit to enter into this place right now. And for even those who are listening electronically, there is no limitation because all air on this earth is connected. And the vibration that goes from here shall go there. The same anointing for those who are listening right now with things in their world that are drowning and underwater. We pray the anointing of breath and thy Holy Spirit to enter into their lives and that they should be able to see and breathe and make a sound of faith that shall say, Iron shall swim. The name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 For those right now going, Brother Ivan, it's, it's not going to be a laying on of hands, but I just want those who are, you know, this message is specifically applied to. We're going to just sing the song, Breathe on Me. It's just one person, or whether it's half the audience. And you know this is specifically and particularly applied. And you just need breath added to your world. Just just come and just come down to the sometimes just, just come down to the to the altar. As we just sing the song, just breathe, breathe, breathe. Imagine our situations rising and floating to the surface. Things that we may have deemed to have been impossible in man's limited mentality. And you can get vision and know this thing is not impossible. And don't ever focus on the properties of the iron sinking because you'll never get anything to float focusing on the sinking properties. You got to focus on the fact this thing can swim. Whatever it is in your life, first find out and recognize and honestly admit where fell it. And get that stuff to where it fell straight. Whatever it is, get, get it straight, get it straight, get it straight. And sometimes it's painful to get it straight. Where fell it? Where fell it? Where fell it? Where fell it? Get it straight. Get it straight. Turn to the person next to you standing. Just tell them, get it straight. straight. Wherever it fell, wherever it fell, get it straight and honestly recognize it. And this is another thing that you need to critically understand. It's not the other person. That's one thing God, God told me from when I married. That's the first thing he told me. He said, look, don't you worry about trying to do anything by trying to change put. He said, you get yourself straight. You do what I tell you. He said, you get yourself straight. By the time you do that, basically, he said, that's all I had time to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, that's, that has not been, been inaccurate at all. That's, that's all I got time to do. 
Matter of fact, I'm running a little short on time to get that done. That, that's, that, that takes more than 24 hours a day. So understand that it's not the other person. Amen. That's why it's critical for you to understand what Elisha asked the man. Where fell it? It's in us people. We have God breathe the breath of life into us. Mm-hmm. And we make the sound. Those of you who are here right now, Brother Ivan, just, just sing that with all you got. And I, I want people just lift your hands up just to imagine. We're going to do this in, in unison because this is what, and sometimes you have to visualize some things. All of the stuff that's underwater, that's sunk, just, just imagine it, whatever it is in your hands right now, and just, and I, I can feel just a heat just running through my hands right now. It, it's something going on up here right now. I don't, I don't know what all it is, but it's something going on up here right now. And just, just imagine whatever it is underwater. Just imagine it as you, as as he sings. Just lift it slowly, lift it up. Cause that, just because sometimes stuff not gonna pop up all at once. It's gonna take a little time for you to lift it because it's been down there a while. Some of the stuff y'all got stuck in the mud. It's not even you. I, matter of fact, you might just have to just wiggle it a little bit because it's stuck. Some of y'all got some stuff stuck in the mud. Wiggle it because it's been down there on the river bottom for a long, long time. And it's stuck in the mud. Just wiggle it loose. And you see, see, that's another thing. See, when you start wiggling it loose from the bottom, you know what comes up? A whole lot of mud and dirt does. When you start trying to break away and break some stuff loose, a whole lot of mud and a whole lot of dirt will look like it's clouding the water. But it's what's required for you to get this stuff up and out and, and where God wants it to be. So just, just wiggle this stuff loose and, and just imagine as he sings, you just bringing it up. As, as you can imagine Jesus up on the cross, he was up on something that floats. Because he can take your stuff and bring it to the surface.
that has been underwater for so long. Amen. I'm just going to ask Sister Stephanie if she would come and, and dismiss us for today. She is uh, both, both she is putting still back there, putting you back there. I want both of y'all just to come up. You see, both of them are carrying a life right now. And the life is completely immersed in water. Is under the water. It's completely immersed. So it, it is the way that we begin, but with birth and with revelation, we're born into air. So even though some of our situations may begin just as we begin underwater, there's a time for birthing. But often, not often, all of the time, there's a teeny weeny bit of discomfort with birthing. <laughs> so I would just like to ask Minister I'm, I'm, I've never asked my wife to even make a comment in a, and I know this is kind of you feel like saying just anything because you, you, you only have another seven weeks before you deliver George <laughs> not really but I was just listening to what you were saying about a teeny 
just a little bit of discomfort. <laughs> I wish men could experience having a child. <laughs> they would only have one. Get that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, God. We just, we just want to say thank you, Lord. Because you have us in the covering of the ark, God. Lord, you have brought us into this place so that we can float and learn how to remain floating, God. Lord, we thank you for the covering you've given us, God. Oh, Lord, continue to anoint his head with more wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Bless him with the anointing and fresh anointing every service, God. Lord, I ask you to allow all that we've learned today to not depart from us, Lord. But let us let it impart within us. Let it stick in our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirit that when we see others that are sinking, God, we can be those that are in the pulpit to pull them up and help them to float in you. Lord, we thank you, God, for flotation. Lord, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is holding us up. And we give you all the praise. We give you all dominion to rule and super rule in our lives. Whatever is there that is making us sink in the name of Jesus, God, we cast it out. You said whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We bind up those strongholds. We bind up those weights, God, in the name of Jesus. And we cast our cares on you. For you said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So in the name of Jesus, just by the power of your blood, we receive flotation this day. God, we thank you for the impartation of your Holy Spirit into our lives, into our situations, into our problems, into our burdens, Lord, for just giving us deliverance. Lord, we're delivering this baby. The weight, God, is on you. And we give you praise, God, as we see you doing your mighty miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our axes swimming. Thank you for our axe heads coming up from the bottom. Thank you for our finances coming up. Thank you for our relationships coming up. Thank you for our health coming up. Thank you for everything, our children coming up. God, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you in the name of Jesus. And we receive it in the name of our matchless, wonderful and majestic Savior, Jesus. Lord, thank you for breathing on us. Yes, God. Breathe. Continue to breathe. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all receive it saying, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.